Welcome to Reboot for Connection, the podcast dedicated to understanding connection at work. This is where we talk to leaders, communications professionals, and other subject matter experts about how organizations are now intentional about designing for connection in the workplace. Real connection to people, mission, and the work itself. We explore what can be achieved when this is approached as a strategic initiative. My name is Jürgen Abo, and this podcast is brought to you by ScreenCloud. Now, let's get into the good stuff. Mental health has had its moment, uh, it feels like, over these last few years, and burnout certainly has been talked about quite a bit. Um, But I don't think we understand burnout well enough as individuals, as leaders, etc. And today we're talking to someone who is becoming a true expert and a coach on the matter in real time. Uh, She's going really deep on this topic, has experience with it herself, and is ready to share really generously and authentically. So this is a very valuable session we're about to get into here. Um, Natasha Katzwinkel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jürgen, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, that's great. Um, So let's get right to it. Um, Where do we start with preventing burnout? So I would definitely start by talking about my own personal experience going through a burnout, which I only realized very recently, actually, after having come out of the burnout. I left my last position earlier this year um, after having gone through a burnout. And at the beginning, I didn't really realize I was going through a burnout or there were, I didn't realize there were the signs that were, would lead to burnout. And when it comes to preventing a burnout, I realized afterwards it's very important to know your values and your purpose in life. I know we're talking about values and purpose a lot nowadays, and it feels like it's a first world problem, but it's so important to to preventing burnout and to ensuring employees are healthy, mentally speaking, because if you know your purpose, it's, it's very hard to work against your purpose whereas if you don't know your purpose it's so easy to not see it and to get into conflict got it that's that's a helpful start so how do we get beyond the the value part how do we get into trouble here how do we how do we get individually close to burnout what's not working what's going wrong so what's not working is the usual stress coping mechanisms such as, for example, going to yoga classes three or four times a week, going to a spa, having a glass of wine in the evening or several glasses of wine. It's detrimental to our ability to deal with stress. So if we're talking about normal stress, let's say because of an increased workload due to the high season in the company you're working for, then the usual stress coping mechanisms, they can work because you're not facing a conflict with somebody, with a counterpart. When we're talking about burnout, it's usually a result of facing uh, a conflict with a counterpart that you're, you're frustrated about and you're trying to resolve it, but you're realizing at some point you can't because your counterpart doesn't want to move in their view of that position of that conflict. So if you're if you're going to the usual stress coping mechanisms such as yoga, having a glass of wine, and so on, then you're just avoiding the actual problem. 
the conflict. And a conflict is always, it's so important to deal with a conflict because in the end it will always come back and haunt you. And that's the problem. And that's why the usual stress coping mechanisms don't work here for burnout. So that kind of answers the next question I have, but still just to get precise here, what exactly is burnout then? So that's a very good question because there's so many different shades to burnout in the world as there are individuals. We're all experiencing, we all have a past and we bring that past into the present. And it's, I mean, we all have problems that we experienced with our parents or with other people uh, when we were young. And those, they influence how we deal with conflict. Conflict resolution is such an important ability to have. And if you don't have that, it's, it's very easy for, for burnout to arise. That's one thing. Another thing is actually knowing or being able to connect with your inner self and knowing your inner dialogue. How are you talking to yourself? Are you talking in a positive manner? Are you talking in, in a negative manner? And if you are talking to yourself in a positive way and know your words and know that you have an identity because many Many burn burnout patients or clients, they they don't have that inner contact anymore. And to back to your question of what is burnout actually, you, you go through different stages. And first there's the frustration, then comes the anger. I went through that phase myself. After frustration, I realized my counterpart doesn't want to move from their standpoint. And I just became angry and I lashed out at my team colleagues. And I'm not like that usually. I'm a very positive person. And as a result of that, I was experiencing physical symptoms that I couldn't, I couldn't put a finger on. I couldn't say why I had these problems, sleeping problems, stomach pain in the night that would paralyze me almost and acne. And all of these things, I didn't know where they were coming from. My doctors didn't know either. And so physical symptoms are a big, big aspect of burnout as well, but they can come in so many different shades. Got it. So what I'm hearing is that it's a fairly broad thing, right? It's um, sometimes it's unique to individuals, et cetera, but I've heard you in the past talk about the internal aspect of it and the external aspect of it, and that these are two main areas, two main factors, if you will, can we just break that down a little bit further to make sure that we're clear on those two main um, sources of issues? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when we're talking about internal factors, I've spoken about that briefly before. It's the values and the purpose that I mean. If you know what your purpose is in life, what your mission is, what you stand for, let's say, it's, is it integrity? Is it transparency? Is it the trust? Is that super important to you? and you realize that that is not acted out in the workplace you find yourself in, then you can act, you can change. And now I'm leading to the external factors. You can change your environment and the external factors. It's impossible almost, it's almost impossible to change your counterparts, to change the people around you, because it uses up so much of your energy. But if you know your internal factors, it's much easier for you to adapt to the external factors and interact in a healthy way with your managers, with your spouse, and the other people that communication 
is vital for. So as an example for myself personally, I I have I had lost my or I didn't really know what was my what were my values, what was my purpose in life, what did I want to do? I was just in the daily routines of doing my job and when then internally decisions were made to change the responsibilities and the responsibilities were taken away from me, I I felt a complete lack of trust, lack of transparency, lack of integrity. And at that point, I realized those were my values. They were at the top of my list and they, that my manager was not abiding to the same rules, the same values. And that led to frustration and anger, resentment, coping mechanisms, and so on. Yeah, it's really easy to talk about values, right? But it's actually not that easy to identify the ones that matter the most to us individually. I think so many of us have that challenge. And it's interesting that you're pointing out that sometimes seeing the values be compromised is the easiest way to know that those are the values. So that's really, really an interesting one. As you were as you were explaining that, though, I couldn't help feel that, you know, it's hard, right, when you are in a particular spot, and we can say things like, "Well, you can change your environment, you can switch jobs, you know, you can, you know, you you and you can legitimately." Mm-hmm. Um, at times, it's easier than at other times, right? Um, this year has been particularly tough. Um, yeah. And it's easier for some than for others, given other circumstances, et cetera. I know you have tremendous empathy around this. So I know that you're not trivializing that in any kind of way. But if we just have to look at this a little bit from the point of view of someone who truly doesn't have as as much of an ability to change that as as perhaps others, mm-hmm. what's the approach then? Yeah, it's a a good question because, yes, we can't trivialize the situation that we find ourselves in at the moment or all of this year. So changing or quitting your job is not an option for for everybody. So what you can do in those situations is, coming back to the values here, is to really know your standpoint in life. Try to really find that and and build your identity around that. It doesn't mean that people are always going to act in the way you want them to act, that's life. There's going to be other opinions, but if you know your identity and your standpoint and your values, you are much more able to, to distance yourself from, from what's happening and to, to say no, to say yes, to say maybe, or to offer alternatives. Than than if you don't know anything about what you actually value. Of course, if, if that is getting worse and worse, and you just, if you find yourself completely stuck, I, I, still, I still say make a change. You can make small changes. What's super important is if you're especially frustrated at work, make sure that the other areas in your life are, are healthy. Let's say your relationship or your connection with your family or your friends your downtime. It's very important to think of life as, yeah, there are several aspects to it. It's your health, friends, family, and so on. It's not only work. We're often connecting burnout to just work. Uh, and that's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. 
the more you're going into this burnout cycle. And then also the relationships are affected. But make sure you don't let that happen. And don't blame your spouse for what you're experiencing at work. Ask for advice as well. And then make a plan, a short-term plan, long-term plan, how you get out of this situation. Yeah, so we realize there's, there's a lot to this, right? And like you said earlier, there are unique experiences for all of us. Um, it sounds like it might be hard to recognize what's really happening in real time. So what was your experience like now that you reflect upon it? How did you actually figure out what was going on? Yeah, so it's very different, of course. I mentioned before, there are so many different shades of burnout and how people and what kind of symptoms people show. For me, it was personally, I was frustrated with the way people or my manager was handling a situation and changing responsibilities for me. I personally, and that I only realized a lot later when I left the company, is that I, I felt threatened in my identity, in my status. I wanted to prove myself and wanted to show I can do this. And by my manager taking away those responsibilities, I felt she thinks I can't yeah. do it. And therefore, I'm really bad. So for me, it was actually realizing I need to really strengthen my self-confidence in order to, in the future, prevent burnout from happening. And that also causes other areas of my, cause other areas of my life to flourish because I wasn't taking things personally anymore. Everybody acts out of their own interests, out of their own pains and experiences. So it's interesting you bring up confidence. That's one of those things that we all at times wish we had more of, right? And sometimes we realize that we don't have it. Other times we may not realize that that's the part that's missing. Can you talk a little bit more about the role of confidence in preventing burnout or working through burnout or getting back to yourself from burnout? I remember we, when we talked recently, we've talked about burnout already. We talked about especially leaders being open to, to critique and conflict in order to establish success or success mentality and a growth mentality. And for leaders, it's very important to be vulnerable. I think that is what confidence is, truly. You don't feel threatened by other people criticizing you and you have a strong identity, a strong confidence. And that is so vital to preventing burnout of employees and individuals and also for companies to prevent themselves from burning out because not only individuals can burn out, it can be companies too at a large that can burn out and that can produce burn out clients, so to speak, because they see critique as detrimental to success. Whereas actually critique is, or accepting critique and being open to critique is being vulnerable and is a sign of confidence for me personally. Yeah, that's such, a, such an important reminder. It occurs to me that, um, you know, as leaders, we don't always do enough of that, right? Um, probably far from it. What else um, is on your mind in terms of what leaders really need to be doing proactively to make mm -hmm. sure that um, people on the team 
are are in a good place and and are positioned to to fight off potential burnout so this ties perfectly back to what i said before as leaders you you should be open to criticism from your employees it doesn't mean that you have to start crying at the workplace in order to show vulnerability or authenticity authenticity i think is another keyword and it's been used so many times and we've it's almost um, excessively used, but I think it really means that you show your true self also at work, and you can do that also as a leader. It doesn't mean you have to be somebody else. If you stand for your values and your purpose in life, and you bring that into the workplace, it enriches the workplace. So this is something leaders can do inside. And then on the outside in the workplace, in order to foster a culture of connection, mental health and burnout prevention. It doesn't have to be called burnout prevention. It's really all about connecting to yourself as a leader and connecting to your employees. What leaders can do is to schedule, let's say, bi-weekly meetings with all your employees. It might be a coffee chat only, or if it's a monthly meeting, it all depends also on the needs of the individual. You don't have to apply the same for every individual that you're working with because they all have different needs. So it's all about being adapting your, your values to the workplace culture and then to the individual. So going back to the bi-weekly meetings, I experienced that with one of my managers in the company I worked for last and she was the most amazing leader I've worked with. She was not just a manager, she was truly a leader because she listened truly to everything we have to say. She was asking for what was going wrong, what was going well, and what, whether we actually truly felt fulfilled. Because if you ask that question, and you really, really listen to what your employee says, then you can, you can read the science. Are they truly happy or are they not? And if they're not, dig deeper, ask more questions. You can be a coach as well to your employees. It's very valuable because you will find out whether they're not happy or if you find out they're not happy, you can dig deeper and maybe find solutions, maybe shift responsibilities, uh, help them move into a new role. And that all causes burnout or prevents burnout from happening. It's interesting hearing you talk about criticism, being willing to give it and take it and conflict in the workplace. And it does bring up some uncomfortable feelings, but what is it about conflict that makes us kind of have a, have a challenge with it in the workplace? What's really the problem there? So when we're talking about conflict and criticism, I think they're closely intertwined. I want to give an example and talk about startups, for example. Startups as a whole are very open to criticism because they thrive on criticism. They need it in order to succeed and in order to progress. The CEOs are usually working very closely with their employees and they're asking for, asking for feedback on a day-to-day -day basis because they know it's necessary in order to progress into the future. When it comes to large companies that let's say are 50 years old and where routines have been established and systems are working the way they should be, there's not so much room or willingness to actually ask for feedback and for criticism. And conflict, I think, 
we perceive it as something negative, but it's something very positive because you can only learn from conflict. If everything is perfect, you, you don't learn and you don't progress. That is true on a personal basis and it's true in the workplace if you're talking about teamwork and about the success of a company. So I think our perception is just very, not very wrong, but it should be different and we should perceive conflict as something valuable that doesn't really jeopardize what we have constructed in the past. It makes us grow as individuals and as teams and as companies. Yeah, the aha for me there is that we fear conflict because it somehow jeopardizes the progress, that it somehow breaks down what we've worked so hard to build up. And exactly. that really resonates with me. You know, I think that I hadn't really tuned into that, but I'm starting to realize that that is one of the things I'm so worried about because we put so much in to, to build up, right? Like that's what we do every single day, especially in, yeah. you know, growth companies. Right. So that one's, that one's really, really interesting. How, I, I suppose a follow-up question would be how do you help people see, <clears throat> you know, it's one thing to say we should, we should change that perspective. Right. But how do you help people, see it um are there specific things that you would prescribe as a as a coach in that situation as a coach for an individual i would suggest to start small and what, like what i've said before to really ask for feedback ask for criticism from your trusted circle for example from your friends and it might be scary to read through the feedback because there might be things you don't want to hear but only if you get this kind of feedback, you can really grow and learn. And for managers and leaders, of course, it's doing the same with your team. Sit down, ask them what you are afraid of hearing. And that's also true in uh, romantic relationships. You need to sit down on a, on a, not on a daily basis, but once in a while to really get through what maybe disturbs you, what you want to change, what makes you unhappy and what you're really happy about. It's, um, it's not a one-way street. So asking for feedback is something that uh, it will grow your ability to deal with conflict. And as a, as a result, your confidence will grow. So with all that being said, Natasha, where are we right now with burnout? Like, COVID has done so much to kind of further mess things up, right? Um, but at the same time, we are learning from it and we're heightening awareness around certain issues. What's the current state? Um, what's the state of the union, if you will, around burnout? And um, what do you really urge companies to think about around that? You've just mentioned heightened awareness. I think it's a key word, especially in these times, people are becoming more aware of what they want in their lives and what they don't want also in their personal in their personal and professional lives because the boundaries are dissolving more and more especially if people are working remote it's very important for people to be aware of where they stand in life so with the covid situation that has really led to being able to reflect on where you stand professionally and companies they, they should think about also where they want to go. Where do they want to go with their employees? Where do the leaders want to go with their teams? Um, it's 
really more and more, I think, about authenticity. Inauthentic leaders and inauthentic companies won't be able to succeed because the next generations, they're all about authenticity. And that's so important. And I think if we all, if we all really follow our instincts and our purposes, purpose and values, we will create a more authentic future of more connection because in the end, this is what we're all striving for. Yeah. So final question then, is it possible to feel connected at work if you're burnt out or if you are near burnout or if you're just anywhere close to that? It's a good question. I believe that that varies from person to person. Personally, I didn't feel connected at all anymore, especially not only, not really from the colleagues. It was more the disconnect from myself. I wouldn't really listen to my gut anymore, to my instincts, to my body. I was ignoring the, the signs, the physical symptoms. And my colleagues were still supportive in a certain way. They probably saw something was not right. Um, so it's more the disconnect from, from our own feelings and, and values of the inner dialogue that was missing, that was the problem. Uh, but that is different from person to person and it can look, um, yeah, there can be many versions to that. Yeah. Hey, Natasha, thank you so much for sharing so openly and, and generously around this important topic. We really appreciate your perspective and your insights here. Thank you so much. It was fantastic. Thank you so much, Jorgen, for the opportunity to talk about this really openly. And I think it's, uh, it's a really, it was a fantastic setting and I really enjoyed it. And I hope the listeners and viewers can take something from it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. It's my sincere hope you found something you can apply towards greater connection in your work life. If so, an honest review would certainly be welcomed. Reboot for Connection is brought to you by ScreenCloud. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we'd be honored if you subscribe to this one. You may also email us at reboot at screencloud.com with any reactions or ideas you might have for us. Hope to catch you again next time.